Hello, Her Storians. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and welcome to another episode of Women of Her Story, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women who have made or are making their mark on our society. Today, I have with me Susan Pascal Johansson. She is a fine jewelry designer for Galaxy Bijou. Thank you so much for joining us today, Susan. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. Why don't we go ahead and dive right in? How did Galaxy Bijou come to be? Well, actually, I recall uh, while enjoying a picnic in Shanghai with some friends, we were drinking wine, and I I picked up the grapes that were attached to the to the uh, uh, to the stems, and picked it up, and in a moment, in a, in just an instant. A nanosecond, I envisioned a pair of earrings ripping. And, you know, I didn't know what stone it was. I only had this vision of a grape shaped earring. And so crystal grapes were born and evolved into pearl grapes, large pearl grapes, tiny pearl grapes. And so the uh, grape earring was born at this time. And that's the very, very beginning of Galaxy Vision. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you've mentioned before that your mother is, you know, your uh, muse. Can you tell us a little bit about her or how how all of that? Well, my mother is uh, Francine Pascal. She is the creator and the writer of Sweet Valley High, uh, adult novels and other novels. as well, and she's collaborated on musicals with my uncle, Michael Stewart. She is constantly encouraging me the minute I showed an interest in design, and she's supportive of my work and offers feedback, which is really essential to making, creating a beautiful piece of jewelry. And I appreciate that honest feedback, which I, I know. I will get from her and we make so when I talk about my muse Francine Pascal this woman is is so integral to Galaxy Bijou in terms of what she brings to the table mm. and table I literally mean brings to often we'll sit in the kitchen and I will put jewelry out and she will we will discuss it and she's I'll try things on she'll try things on and so so that's that with regard to Francine Pascal and her contribution. Mm, mm, I love that. Now, did you did you always know you wanted to design or was that something that just kind of happened later? No, I never knew. Never. <laughs> I was raising my girls. I always found a way to keep busy uh, in between, you know, tending to their needs and being a mother, a housewife, dog walker, uh, chef-let, and so on. But um, I, at one time, decided I wanted to be a columnist. So I local newspaper and uh, introduced myself, but I didn't use my family name. I used my husband's name because I didn't want to hang on the shirt tails of my mother. I wanted to get this job if I was going to get it on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, consequently, I did. I did it for two years. 
and I had a bi-weekly miscellaneous column, and it was great fun, and it was very difficult, and uh, my mother was my editor, and it was, it was a very interesting experience. I then, my sister, Jamie Stewart, my late sister, Jamie Stewart, was a designer, an artist, and a sculptor. Uh, she created the most magnificent lavaliers. She was wonderful in terms of designing and from the very beginning of the piece to the, the final piece, which was the actual pendant or hand bracelet or ring or whatever prod, you know, whatever design she was working on. But then when it came time to selling, this was not her fort. And so I decided to sell her jewelry. And so I sold her jewelry. And uh, then the last thing that I recall doing, which I'm actually quite pleased with myself about, was I, I was living in Shanghai at the time. We were there for a total of five years. And I had gone to the hospital and had a, a minor surgery on my shoulder. And I felt that I, as a Westerner that they didn't understand my needs and how to treat me. So when I was home and uh, en route to full recovery, uh, I decided to create a PowerPoint program, which mainly dealt with how to deal with the Westerner. Ended up, I presented it to the director of the hospital, Shanghai East, which is one of the largest hospitals in Shanghai. And I was offered a teaching position. So <laughs> creating this PowerPoint and researching left, right, and center and teaching uh, my program, which I created out of thin air, honestly, <laughs> uh, to nurses and doctors alike. And they were wonderful and they were receptive. And I felt that I made a difference, which really, really made me feel wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so the major things that I can recall, of course, there were many other side jobs that were smaller, um, always looking for a way to learn something new, to have another adventure in my yeah. life. Wow, it sounds like you have a lot of interests in a lot of things. And it sounds like you're someone who is all like, if if you're interested in something, you're going to go like 110% into it. Like that is such an, uh, a skill to have just to be like, you know what, I felt this way. And I'm sure that I'm not the only person who's felt this particular way after a procedure. What is something I can do about this? I know. I'll whip up this whole new presentation and help people along, you know, connect these bridges, connect these different approaches. Like that's such a great perspective. I feel like to have, to always be in search of, if not a new inspiration, just something new and some new adventure to, to invest your time and your energy into. I think that's amazing. Well, thank you. I thought it was, was very exciting and interesting but the best part of all was the enthusiasm that I uh, received mm. from the doctors I mean they didn't understand anxiety I mean east meets west you know it was a very very difficult concept for them to understand and something that we I feel westerners are very familiar with unfortunately right and a lot more today because of COVID yeah. but and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. You know, I, I think that's such a, I love that type of perspective. I, I relate to that and always 
being, being interested in a whole bunch of things and wanting to connect and, um, you know, making the conversations that people might not know need to happen, happen, you know, that's something where unless someone is there bringing attention to a particular issue, like no one's going to know that that's a, that's a problem that needs to be addressed until somebody says, Hey, you know, I think this is a way that we can uh, understand each other a little bit better. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's awesome. While we're talking about uh, uh, Shanghai, tell us why you were there. What was your time like? Well, actually, the primary reason we went there is because my husband was uh, working at a international shipping company, and he was the director of Asia. And so that's the main reason that we went to Shanghai and lived there. It was a very fascinating experience to be in a culture, living in a culture that I had no understanding, true understanding about until I actually lived and, you know, when I say that, I mean, if you're hungry and you're not going out for dinner, you need to go to the store and buy eggs. So you need to learn how to say, you know, I want to buy eggs. <laughs> so learn some uh, Chinese. And I did. And this was survive. It was about surviving with food shopping mm-hmm. because I did enjoy going out for dinner and we did go out very frequently. But there were nights when you just felt like having a you know, a fried egg and toast and <laughs> you don't know how to get bread and eggs, you're in trouble. <laughs> um, so it was fascinating. What, what was, it was not only, it was an adventure of a lifetime. The culture is so different from ours and the, the Chinese people, I, I simply fell in love with them, especially the women. Um, I, I was able to form some very special relationships that I maintain to this day. And, uh, you know, everything about Shanghai was up close. It was fascinating. It was delightful. And it left me with sweet memories. And the food was outstanding. I have to story of my childhood. When I was a little girl, my two sisters, my mother, my father, and myself, we would all go out typically on Sunday night for either pizza or Chinese. I don't know why, but this is the way it was. And I was, I, nobody listened. I was the youngest and they weren't interested and we went for Chinese and I just detested it. Anyway, today, not only do I love Chinese, I can p- prepare jiaozi, which are dumplings and several other Chinese dishes. And my husband has become somewhat an aficionado when it comes to Korean food, which is something we love as well. Mm. And just this whole food thing that happened to both of us was fantastic. And my daughter, Nicole, joined us uh, during our stay in Shanghai as well, which was wonderful. And she learned to speak Mandarin and uses it today as she works in jewelry as well. Uh, My daughter, Nicole, is able to utilize this language that she acquired while living in Shanghai Mandarin in her current job today at Wempy. So I'm just, my husband and I are delighted about this. Wow. Wow. I love that. And something you said, food culture, that's something I've been so interested in late lately. That's just been a, a 
relatively new fascination of mine, just looking at the preparations from all these different cultures worldwide. And it's almost like ceremonial, right? Especially with like, just the, the watching people cook is so, especially recipes that they've cooked for their whole lives that people have passed down to them, right? And they have these deep stories surrounded in this particular dish. And it's something so, you, I feel like you can learn so much about a people through the, the food culture. Without a doubt. Mm, yes, yes. And especially when you look at like bordering countries and the the overlapping of spices and techniques and how like in Guyana, they the very similar dishes are cooked in the Dominican Republic, like a lot of the same preparatory techniques that you wouldn't instinctively think that it's going to cross these cultures. I just love food culture. And it's so cool when you learn and when you eat the really authentic stuff, no matter what country you're in, that, I mean, that is just the dream, oh. right? <laughs> very exciting and wonderful. I have a, my palate is very open-minded. So <laughs> I have many different types of foods. Do you think that you've gotten some, taken some inspiration from your time in Shanghai and put that into your, into your jewelry? Actually, no. Hmm. I can't say I have, with the exception of crystal grapes. Okay. Shanghai crystal grapes. Oh. Uh, but no, I, I haven't. My my designs, I I'm always evolving. You mm -hmm. know, will continue to do so. There's so much to learn, and um, I, I I I I try very hard not to be influenced by what. I see, and and I feel I've accomplished that to some extent, especially with a ring that I didn't plan to discuss. It's called the Vega ring, and the Vega ring is named after the Vega star, which is brightest stars that can be seen from Earth. It's blue, and so this particular ring I'm talking about is uh, created from the hot constellation, which is a bunch of stars that are strung together and the shape somewhat of a harp. And then the Vega star is one of the stars within that. But so that's sort of where the name came from. But then I veered away from that. And then to come back to what you were asking me, whether or not Shanghai, living in Shanghai has, you know, influenced my design. I, I cannot say it has. Hmm. That, that's a perfectly, perfectly perfect answer. You know, I think that's, that just goes to show that what your design process is, it looks like, you know, it's, it's a different process than rather than taking certain, um, like you said, from being influenced by what you see by being more influenced by feelings that certain things are evoking or like, uh, you know, looking at uh like taking so the lyric constellation or the harp constellation that's so funny nobody knows that constellation it makes me so happy that you referenced it i just love i love the the uh vega star it's such a powerful star i think it's just so i'll have to post a ring next time i post on instagram so you can see <laughs> um i also wanted to say that uh the way I design is not, because I have not been 
trained in fine jewelry. So this is something I've learned on my own. I've made plenty of mistakes and I've continued to make mistakes, but they become less and less. Um, my process is very simple. I, in a way, I don't draw my designs and I certainly don't draw them to scale. Uh, so I need to work with a very, very seasoned jeweler. And I have a few I like very much. In fact, one of them I like very much right now is Vincent. So what I do is I'll, I'll take a bunch of stones, I'll place them on a flat surface, and I will play with them just as one might, you know, a puzzle. I'm trying to put something together, but I don't know what it is. And then I just keep working at it, and then I step away from it, and I go back to it, and I take chains, and I, you know, and I work with the chains with the stones, and place the, take a little tiny uh, toothpick. And, well, that I got from China, maybe I have to say that. Uh, on every table in every restaurant and they were very popular. So I'll use a toothpick to push a stone over and to place exactly where I want it. Then I'll go back and forth and repeat this process over several days until suddenly something comes to me. I have a vision and it works and I put it together and then I photograph it like crazy so that I don't forget it. And then I just put all the stones in a bag and bring it to one of my jewelers and I explain and I show photographs and that's how the piece comes to fruition. It come, it's a reality. Wow. I, that, what a unique process. That's like when, um, you know, they, the, uh, people who work with those big giant blocks of stone, you know, I, I they, a lot of times sculptors and, and carvers will say like, um, they'll be like, I don't set out to make something. I let the clay tell me or the marble tell me what it wants to be. And then I just kind of go with it. And I think that what a freeing, I, I feel like I'm way too much of a control freak for that. I have to have like a million plans to like. I do understand what you mean. And I think my sister, Jamie was like that. She had the stone in front of her alabaster or bronze or I, I don't know what stone perhaps alabaster and then she as she was working I think mm. just she decided as she went along what it would become but in a way I don't think what I'm doing is so different Heather is that your favorite part of the uh, creation process is the like aha inspirational moment yes 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 <laughs> What about when it, when it, is it a similar feeling when you see it once it's like fully realized, like actually creative, oh. been through the jewelry? It, it's like the same, a, a similar feeling of elation. <laughs> I think, oh my goodness, I just, beyond, beyond, and I can't wait to show it to my mother. And then of course, my husband and my girls and, you know, yes, that is exactly what happens. That is the feeling I have. Mm. I could see it just now, literally just you, clearly you thinking about your whole face has completely lit up. Like, I, I just know it's so good. I love, I love when people are talking about the things that they love doing because you can just feel it even through a screen through, even if people are just like, you can just hear and see how much people love what they're doing and when they're doing what they should be doing, you know, like you can just see it in someone's face. And, and it, it sounds like you are absolutely just directly in the right field. Do you have um, 
a favorite material right now that you're working with? Well, actually, I'm enjoying pearls right now, which was the very first thing that I gravitated towards. So actually, that does bring me back to your earlier question about Shanghai. Well, the pearl market in Shanghai was a place that I frequented, and pearls were my very first, uh, besides the great earrings, but they were my first love. And then I decided to venture out, and I went into semi-precious stones, and so then I moved on to precious stones and diamonds, because who doesn't love them? Uh, I would say right now my favorite is pearls. Mm. Pearls. I'm, I'm sure that you just are always going to have a soft spot for pearls. <laughs> Who doesn't, right? <laughs> um, I love uh, I love everything about them. I love the way they feel against my skin. Um, I love the way they, they're, they're so feminine. Mm. Uh, I love uh, the fact that they're, uh, they come in a variety of pastel colors and not just one white. There's pearl white, there's vanilla, there's cream. They just, their, their hues are so, um, so, so, so many. And, um, I just think they're lovely and, and sensual and I love pearls and I love pearls with diamonds, but I also like them alone. Yeah. I feel like when, whenever you get your first string of pearls or first pearl earrings, it's always such like, a, you feel like such a grown up. you feel so fancy and you're, you know, like, I think I, my grandmother let me wear her pearl necklace when I was like 10 and I, I, and I think I had like, you know, those like half inch, like little kitten heels on, you know, that little kids wear and then uh, like some sort of not fancy dress, but I felt like I could have walked down a runway because I was just in that pearl necklace, man. I, I feel like that is, is such a specific, like regal feeling, you know? Yes. I love, I love also that they're classic, you know, they're classic, never go out of style. Pearls never go out of style. Mm. So that's, I think right now, that's my favorite medium I'm enjoying working with. Mm. I love that. So, so back to your, your uh, mom being your, your muse and you being so excited to show her, you know, the, your pieces and all these just amazing things and getting her feedback, whether it be good or bad. Um, do you have a favorite memory with her? For starters, my late father, John, uh, always said, do what you do best. And uh, my mother's father always said, sleep on it. And so my mother said, sleep on it. And then I want to discuss Francine and how she has affected me without using words. By watching her since my childhood, being so disciplined, dedicated, persistent, unstoppable with by creating work that is unforgettable even today this spoke to me and this is my truth so i do believe that you don't necessarily need to have a sleep on it a verbal piece of advice you can actually observe someone and from the observations 
get advice that will carry you through life with whatever you do. And in this case, when we're talking about Galaxy Bijou, that is what her advice here has assisted me enormously with. That, that, that's it. That, that's very important. Yeah. Do you think I, that watching her be this just disciplined, confident, precise, amazing woman is, is something that not just as far as, um, you know, learning by example, right. Receiving advice through visual cues because nonverbal cues and just literally doing the thing instead of just being all talk about it, you know, is an incredible example. Do you think that watching her go through life in this fashion, um, has has helped you to really uh, even outside of jewelry making right outside of your business outside of creativity has that helped you to consider your movements throughout life through that lens yes most definitely and you must remember this is not just my mother this is a woman who has affected many thousands hundreds of thousands of Young, uh, young people's lives, you know, being the creator and the writer of Sweet Valley High, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, huge with the following she has. And, and yes, to respond directly to that, this has carried over in every aspect of my life. I mean, the, the persistence, the follow through, the a goal to create designs that are unforgettable and beautiful so yes I have to say yes Mm. wow what what an amazing person to have just in the world right in general obviously that's what we're talking about but also to have so directly in your life so that you it's just I love hearing that people have these incredible support systems and and examples to help them get through to these points in their lives where they feel comfortable in wanting to pursue something that is unique, that is special to them, right? Because that's such a scary thing to do, to set out and put so much of yourself out there, right? Any, let's say specifically in, in the designs you're doing, they're dear to you, right? You spend your time, you spend your energy and it can be so nerve wracking if you don't have people in your life who are there to give honest feedback, who are there to say, you are capable, like, here's some adjustments, but, you know, go on your way, you can do this. That is such an important aspect, I think, that people need those types of people in, in their lives. And just what a great thing to grow up in that type of environment with those types of people around you. I am grateful and lucky to have this in my life, but we also make choices, you know, and you make choices every day, every time you walk out that door, every time you interview someone. And I too make choices, whether it's in my personal life or my professional life. And um, sometimes we are not getting, you know, advice or feedback on our choices, but we make them because we have to rely on ourselves as well. And so I have to say that 
you know, when it comes to jewelry designing, yes, I value so much the uh, opinion and feedback and all that we've discussed earlier that my mother offers me and my family, my husband, mm-hmm. next person in line um, to give honest feedback. But at the end of the day, it's a lot about me. Like, what do I feel? You know, mm-hmm. do I believe or don't I? Do I believe in this decision that I'm making or don't I? And so, yes, it's very wonderful to have what you were talking about earlier, but also a lot of that is also has to come from within you or mm-hmm. rather within us people. And so that's how I stand on that uh, particular note. Yeah. Do you ever doubt yourself? I cry over design. <laughs> how do you push through those, those feelings of doubt like that? I, mother, <laughs> let go of it. Move on. Um, you know, I, I mean, nothing is perfect. That's my famous line, if you know me well. Nothing in my life is perfect. And, well, my jewelry is very nice, but, you know, it's all um, has to do with perspective and, you know, how you receive the jewelry. But uh, now, of course, I blunder. I have blunders. And, oh, I have shed many tears over Galaxy Bijou because I, I care deeply about it. I don't like to start something and not follow through with that success. I want success at the end of the day. And I'm not just talking about financial success. That's nice. But I'm talking about a personal fulfillment of, I started this, and I am going to follow through. And that's that. So, Mm. yeah. Well, outside of your passion for jewelry, is there anything that you like to fill up your time with? Swimming. I'm a swimmer. I swim every day because I'm a foodie. And if I don't swim, I think it might show. I also love art and I love reading, especially historical fiction, because I love to travel. I love to go places. And since we're in a pandemic, I can't go anywhere, but I can go anywhere. So when I pick up a book, that's what I do. I travel. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, When we hang up, I see the sun is shining. And I will definitely go for an afternoon fun. Before we get to our last two questions, is there anything else that you would like to add where we can find you, where we can find Galaxy Bijou, anything that we didn't touch on today? Okay, well, currently Galaxy Bijou is featured in the most adorable boutique called Pipers and Cochin, which is uh, in New York City on 74th Street and Lexington Avenue. Also, I have a website, which is constantly a work in progress. And um, at the moment, I have some invitations to go back into stores. But since COVID, I pulled my merchandise out of many stores. At one point, I was in 12 stores. And now, unfortunately, girl, COVID, I'm in one. But that's only because I choose to... uh, I choose this at this time. I don't, I won't go into stores. Um, I don't feel comfortable even though I've been vaccinated. Uh, But I just don't want to do that yet. So I'm fine with, you know, I have private clients. And if anybody wants to get in touch with me and they can, I have a website. I have an email address, susan at inquiries.com. 
There's galaxybijou.com. There's a website, as I said. And the store has, oh gosh, they must have a wall of Galaxy Bijou. I'm one of their very favorite vendors. So they, so I've been told. And, <laughs> um, uh, I, I always, I love to help people. So if someone calls me and says, I, I'm on this budget, somehow I'm going to make something happen. I, I just do. And I, I never put my name to something I'm not comfortable with. So mm. I am my best. And so that's that with regard to finding GB. Um, they can always look on Instagram and I think there's a telephone number there and they can call that number or send me a text and tell me what they want and I'll try to make it happen. I'll wave my magic wand and put my <laughs> table and go to work. Oh man. Have you ever, this is kind of, I know I said towards the end, but I have a, a, a question that just came into mind. Have you ever been have you ever had one of your like aha moments with a piece right and then it just isn't working out the way you see it in your head do you ever experience when it's just not going to plan it's just not going the way you want it to or do you think that with your approach it kind of assembles itself so it generally goes to plan nine times out of ten my 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 visions work out of course, there are designs that don't. And I'm always very aggravated when that happens. There's not much more I can do with that. But then sometimes what astonishes me is it will be in a store <laughs> when I was in stores, and someone will actually buy it. And I think, gosh, I really wasn't happy with that one. But I guess, you know, there's something for everyone. <laughs> They're happy. It's all a win-win. Yeah. Hey, you know, that I guess it needed to be made for that person, right? It's something, you know, there's a reason things come out the way they do. I feel like it's for somebody uh, somewhere. <laughs> I say when I hate the piece. <laughs> but it has happened. I have to be honest. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I ask the same last two questions to everyone that comes through the podcast. First, what is your second favorite color and why? Green. Blue is my first. And the reason it's green is because nature. I love nature. Remember I said I'm a gardener? I love nature. I love being outdoors. In fact, I love all things, most all things that are, I just love green. You know, in wintertime when the flowers aren't blooming, it's green. So, and in summer there's green. I just love green. And last, what, in your opinion, is the best part of being a woman? Well, first of all, I love being a woman. I love the freedom to express my joy and my emotions, which is a privilege that I think women have. Um, and through my love of beauty in all forms. So I'm in touch with my feminine side, which gives me an edge in making jewelry, designing jewelry because I recognize, I feel I have an edge when it comes to designing jewelry because I'm a woman, because I love soft colors. I love gentle curves. I, I love smooth stones. I love shimmer, sparkle. And I doubt there's a woman out there who doesn't appreciate the same. Mm -hmm. And G 
shines enhance a woman's existing beauty. It's that simple. And so being a woman has allowed me to help women that are beautiful because they're all beautiful. You just have to find what beautiful thing it is about them and then just bring it out with the, the jewelry. And so I, I quite simple. Wow. I think that's such a beautiful message to convey too, right? To say it's not about um like you know, it's it's not about like adorning yourself. I mean, you can totally adorn yourself to adorn yourself, right? I wear all kinds of big jewelry just because I'm like, well, that's a really cool, weird piece. I'm gonna wear that. But it's also, you know, jewelry doesn't have to be a disguise to you know, oh. make yourself beautiful. No, you're just enhancing right. what it is. And it's about the way you feel when you wear something that you love, right? That's like the pearls that I was talking about earlier. You feel good. And when you feel good, you are you look good. exactly. <laughs> and everybody around you is going to be like, man, what is, what is she all about? Like, wow. You know, like it makes it just, can brighten your day to have the right piece of beautiful jewelry just pretty things are pretty and they also help you find amazing things about yourself and and I just love all of your designs I think they're so beautiful thank you so much that's very kind of you to say I have so many and I haven't even taken the photos and posted them on Instagram but at some point I will get to that <laughs> and get to the photographer that I was using in the city. But with COVID, it's just too difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's hard. But anyway, um, I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you and feel honored that you wanted to interview me. It's my second interview I've ever done in my life <laughs> well, about Julie. Well, I think, I think you were amazing. And I can tell oh. so much how it just comes through so vividly how much you love what you're doing. Uh, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I just think there's something so compelling and special when people are doing what they love doing and clearly love what they're doing. And then it shows in the product too, the care and time that it takes to sit down and allow the gems to speak to you, right? Like that's Oh yeah. That you're not to. forcing things. You're not creating just to create, to create, to sell things. That's not what you're yeah. about. And I think that's so special. And I'm so excited to see all, all the amazing things that, uh, you're still to create, you know, there's, there's something that I'm, I'm so excited to see all of that unfold and come through. Thank you so much. And, uh, I enjoyed this as well. And thank you, historians, for tuning in again. Subscribe, follow, tell all your friends so that they can hear amazing stories just like this one. You can follow us on social media, on Instagram at Women of Her Story Podcast, TikTok at Women of Her Story, Twitter at The Her Story Pod, Facebook, Women of Her Story, and you can always visit our website at ofherstory.com. Until next week, be safe, stay healthy, and show the world what you're made of.